Welcome to Everyone's a Critic, a show where a guest picks a movie rated below 40% on Rotten Tomatoes and tells us why critics got it wrong. I'm your host, Yanis Cove, a formerly pretentious film school student, 10 years later sees the error of his ways. My guest today is a comedian, writer and podcaster who also currently supervising produces Jesus and Miro, Josh Gonderman. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very delighted to be here. Thanks for being on. How are you doing today? Of course. I'm doing okay, thank you. Um, I've got kind of a busy day, but like full of stuff that I'm happy to do. So that's oh, no. like a nice kind of day, yeah. <laughs> uh, what did, I saw you were busy last night. I saw, like you, you like rented a car or something. Your your wife said. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. We went to it was Rosh Hashanah over the weekend, so we rented oh, a car right, and went to right. like have dinner with her parents out in their back porch outside and oh. uh, it was very nice yeah <laughs> so we yeah but we don't you know we don't have a car and it's it's kind of like a subway to a new jersey transit line to a pickup on their end you know to get there otherwise so i yeah. was like you know forget it we'll just rent a car and, and <laughs> it's easy for the day yeah and how's how's new york at the moment it's like the best weather of the year um we were named an anarchist jurisdiction by the Department of Justice today so that we could be denied federal funds. So, um, oh, wonderful. It's kind of, it's pretty punk rock, uh, you know, just like <laughs> real, uh, just, oh, just chaos in the streets. No, it's been, um, I think people have been pretty responsible, it feels like, and, and, mm. uh, and the, the overall, like, energy of the city and maybe this is just me projecting is like less <laughs> uh constant terror about public health mm. than there was you know but not like to the point that it's reckless but just like when i step outside my apartment door i i'm not like oh if a squirrel sneezes near me i'm done for <laughs> so that's that's a nice feeling to have yeah yeah we we just i like we're on the verge of being announced like a second lockdown it looks like so we're just kind of (laughs) we're just waiting on that now i guess it's like i think you might announce it tomorrow so we'll see but (laughs) yeah i i was doing uh i did my the first thing i did this morning well i returned the rental car and then i did an episode of of the bugle with um andy zaltzman all right stevenson so we talked i talked a bunch i'm like up more up to speed on uh uk politics than i normally am (laughs) wait you've recorded a podcast already this morning yeah, yeah, yeah. Did a 10 a.m. <laughs> podcast. Just, you know, crushing them out today. Well, you are like jam-packed. Are you doing any more later today? <laughs> I have another thing that I'm recording, but it's not a podcast. It's like oh, an okay. audio <laughs> play that I'm doing, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. I'm excited. <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk about the movie that you you, mo- you decided to choose the movie uh, Lady in the Water. Yes. Um, the 2006 M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yes. Um, so what is your, uh, what made you pick it in the first place? What is your history with the movie? It's like an, an incredibly fascinating movie in terms of like the structure and content of the film itself and also like its process towards getting made. So I watched it with the, when I worked at, at Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, mm. the writers and I. Uh, you know, I, I was one of the writers. We, our writers yeah. room would occasionally have like pockets of downtime before mm. rehearsal on Sundays. And we would try to watch a movie, you know, occasionally or little mm. bits of a movie when we could all together. And so we 
We watched Lady in the Water. That's my experience seeing it. <laughs> and then I and then I read there's a book about the making of the movie called The Man oh. Who Heard Voices. Yeah, let me look up the um uh the author's name. He's mm. mostly a sports writer and he's from <laughs> Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, of course he's, he's from, from Philadelphia. Philadelphia <laughs> where yeah, where M. Night Shyamalan still mm. lives and does most of his work, I believe. Michael mm. Bamberger is the name of the author. And okay. yeah, and it's like a I think he kind of thought he was going to just like see this filmmaker at work and and this kind of fascinating man who's made these big successful movies and then maybe either returning to form after The Village, which was yeah. it wasn't like a flop flop, but it wasn't it was the first one that wasn't like a big mm. success of his of his big movies right it was sixth sense unbreakable unbreakable signs, and yeah and there the were village. three huge yeah. movies and then the village kind of huge. just like that was kind of the point where people were going like oh i don't know if i'm on board with these twists anymore yeah so. like <laughs> we don't know if he only makes hits right like yeah. that was the kind of that kind of doubt there and so that this sports writer michael bamberger met him around this time when he was starting mm. to get, get the script finished for lady in the water and shadowed him and interviewed him and interviewed people (laughs) close to him and it was like the the book is really good and i think very um it's not like a hit piece against m night Shyamalan as you might think like it could be but it is also like pretty it's like very compassionate and illuminating (laughs) about like what makes him an exhilarating exciting filmmaker in person but it's also like pretty sincere about like why this movie was like a little or a lot chaotic to make yeah and, and everything yeah it seems like a very so, chaotic movie because it's all over very the place. chaotic so the i mean some of the chaos stems from the fact that this was um m night Shyamalan had like broken off from his the, the company that made the his previous few movies because he mm. didn't feel like they like got the script or were enthusiastic enough about it so he mm. sold it to a different company um he th- it takes place in this apartment complex which i believe was constructed for this film Whoa. like they didn't find <laughs> it and shoot on a location they like oh, made no. and it wasn't a soundstage they like constructed an apartment complex no in, um outside of philadelphia yeah um what a and... waste of money <laughs> what a waste of money and the the it was so much money. And then the, the structure of the, the movie, for people that don't know, it's based on kind of a series of bedtime stories. Yeah. He would tell his children just kind of like riffing. Like this, it was this mythology that he built up over time. And it has like bedtime sto- made up bedtime story logic. Like just mm-hmm. to kind of keep it going until bedtime. And then the kids would ask questions and he would fill in details. And so there's this – it's like very – dreamlike and Mm. it's he didn't he didn't make i think i think a priority of his it feels like was not making the structure and mythology like airtight right you know like i think instead (laughs) he wanted it to feel like this kind of fairy tale logic and fairy tale Mm. experience of viewing which there i think there are um the the vibe of the movie is really like interesting and fascinating, but it's chaos. Like it's one (laughs) of the, and and it's not, I don't mean, this is not like a backhanded, like so bad it's good. Like, Oh, you've got to watch this because it's a disaster. I really think it is like, 
it's just such a fascinating moment in the yeah. history of this filmmaker. And it, there's just like mm. so much weird stuff in it that like doesn't <laughs> all work, but like it's certainly not like boring. You know, no, it's and never it's, it's never a boring movie. Yeah, and and so it's just like fascinating from end to end, even when, at moments <laughs> when you're like, "What the hell is this?" Um, so I so that's kind of the the opening that's my history with it i've seen it yeah. just the one time i but okay. then i read a whole book about it and yeah so you know it. I, <laughs> you know it inside out and i love talking about it it's just like yeah. i i think it is like um of i haven't seen all of m night Shyamalan's movies but of no. the ones i've seen it is like the most fascinating one that doesn't quite work like i saw i've seen mm. um uh the happening as well yeah, which was that's a mess i think it's a mess but it's also like boring a lot of the time yeah, yeah. and it's like a very quiet flat movie mm. compared to this which is just like weird and dynamic and every character is weird yeah and like there's a guy that just lift weight lifts weights with one arm so he has one really strong arm and one it's less, never really like explained looking arm it's, never explained it's, i thought that was going to come back at some point but it doesn't nope. <laughs> um Shyamalan himself plays a writer oh. who's writing a book that he knows is destined to change the world which is just like <laughs> an incredible feat of like authorial autorial yeah. uh hubris <laughs> it's just like truly um it's just a fascinating experience from yeah. end to end and and yeah and, and there's just like so so much there it's i feel about it the way people kind of talk about jupiter ascending where they're mm. like i don't know if it like comes together but it's just full of weird stuff that i enjoy yeah. watching and that's kind of how i feel i feel about this and especially knowing the backstory knowing that he was just like such a um successful and renowned filmmaker mm. that even though like the people that he, he had made his first four movies with were like like a little lukewarm on this script that just thought yeah. it needed some work that he still could just shop it somewhere else and be like, give me this budget. I'm building an apartment complex and I'm, I'm just going for it. Yeah. Cause it was like, I don't know. I, you have to think as well. Like he had the, the first four films made so much money. Yes. Like, they made so much money that like, surely they were just like, Yeah. If he goes to another studio, they're going to jump at the chance to work with him. Yes, to work with him. Right. Because even The Village, which people did not love, uh, you know, was not as widely reviewed mm. or as successful or why, you know, uh, it as, wasn't as, as highly reviewed, yeah. rather. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't as, quite as successful, yeah. but not a failure. No, by no means was it a failure. And I know, I remember at the time when The Village came out, a lot of people, like at least my age, I remember a lot of people loving it still and um talking about it um and then this one came out and i remember nothing i don't remember anything about this movie other than like paul giamatti was in it um and paul giamatti bryce dallas howard who had started village Um, yeah yeah there was the cast is like pretty excellent um Mm, jeffrey it's a very good cast yeah yeah uh Um, jared harris is in it briefly yes that's right um uh who else is in it um uh there is uh bob balaban uh right, bob freddie Balaban's, rodriguez yeah. freddie rodriguez 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's a, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much going on. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I, I am really surprised it didn't kind of take off in the way that it, uh, the rest of his movies did. And, yeah. Uh, it's not even like his lowest rated movie by any means. It's this is so this no. is twenty five percent, which is bad. It's very bad. Bad for sure. But, yeah. But it's not like uh The Last Airbender or The Happening bad. Right. Right, right, right. Which were his yep. two like the he went from this to the happening to the last airbender. Yeah. And so he like those are which progressively is a rough worse. Run. Which is um yeah, just fascinating that he kind of at his lowest point had made this big um this big adaptation right of a, yeah. an existing property and yeah and that was maybe the worst one and yeah. then he's since kind of like he's since kind of it feels like he settled into a rhythm making mm. like smaller movies like less yeah. grandiose in scope yeah um in, in terms not not that they're like intellectually unambitious or like creatively unambitious but just like they mm. don't require like okay we're gonna this is gonna be a sprawling mythological fairy tale <laughs> and it's going to we're gonna build the whole uh you know four buildings or whatever to make yeah. this happen and, and you know it just feels like he he kind of lost that um lost that ability or yeah. the, the um the leeway to just kind of like mm. call all of his own shots and i think mm. there are there are some artists who work the best when they're like totally unfettered by production constraints mm. or budgetary constraints or creative input. And I don't know that that is true about M night Shyamalan as a writer and director. I think like I don't think when so, you, yeah. when you, when he has like parameters to push against, I think he's like <laughs> a little more interesting and like yeah. knows how to make that work in, in a way mm. that is like, cool and and fun to watch and then when he's like i'm just gonna like have an idea and it's a film it's like i i think that you know there's a little less um mm. it's it, it sometimes goes a little out into the yeah i mean like literally out into the woods with this <laughs> and, and the happening where it's also when i saw the happening i remembered i knew that i knew the twist was that it was like something that nature was putting out that mm. was making people uh, commit suicide. Yeah. But what I didn't realize was that twist is revealed like fairly early in the movie. Very early, and yeah. then they just do kind of nothing <laughs> about it. Yeah. Like they run away, which like it's because the first, um, the first like several kind of ominous deaths that you see are mm. like, pretty affecting and haunting Mm. and then you find out why they're (laughs) happening and then it's just like that the kind of like shroud of mystery is gone (laughs) it's gone Um, and you don't care about the movie anymore yeah yeah you're just like well i guess i hope they get away from nature (laughs) like that's (laughs) that's what you're rooting for 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 mark Wahlberg and zoe deschanel uh one of the film's weirdest couples um but this so so lady in the water it takes place in this apartment complex yeah and Paul Giamatti plays a, a um a, he's like a superintendent, right? He is Basically a superintendent. Like a he is, yeah. Handyman yeah. and and he has a a really um notable stutter. Like that's maybe the yeah. 
the strongest, most notable aspect of this character is his also never explained. Stutter. Never explained, right? It, which I guess, like, it is, you know, it maybe it's just part of who this guy is, and he doesn't talk about it a lot, or you know, doesn't feel the need to explain it, and it can just be like part of the backstory. But it is, it's not a nervous tick necessarily. Like, no. it's not a sign of like, oh, you no. uh, you had this stutter as a child, and it comes back when you're when you're flustered. It's it's like a a full constant presence in the mm. um. In the when you, when this character is on screen, yeah, and, which is most of the time, he's like the leading man in the in this film, yeah, and he so he's the superintendent, and basically a mysterious woman shows up in the pool of this apartment <laughs> mm-hmm. complex, played by Bryce Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard, Howard. yeah, and he has to figure out how to get her back to like the dimension that she's from, and and avoid. Her getting killed. So she... Oh, also. So there's... It's just like a weird... (laughs) You know, there's there's one old woman who, like, knows the mythology of this this story. She's like, oh, I recognize who this is and what you have to do. And (laughs) and, and so Bryce Dallas Howard is, like, a creature known as a narf. Madam narf. narf. Yeah. And and the the force that is opposing her is kind of like a, a... Like a... A feral hog... Uh, right? Yeah, they like, call they can, call it a um, scrunt. A scrunt, yes, a scrunt. Yeah, so that's <laughs> also in this mythology, this kind of mythical. The like this <laughs> this older woman is like, I know, I know what this is. I've heard of this before. This is a, a, a this is not a surprise to me, or maybe not <laughs> not a surprise, but this is not unprecedented. There's a narf. <laughs> you got to keep her safe from the scrunt, and you got to send her back to where she's from. And there are all these other kind of mythical. Mm. Um, kind of titles given to people so so that's like a lot of the the movie is uh paul giamatti figuring out like okay if i'm the (laughs) narf how do i unite her with the writer and uh who are the peacekeepers and like yeah it's like what is the symbolist yeah yeah there's yeah. all these different so placements it, that all these different characters that have to get placed at certain that he has to find yeah. and figure out and he has um, to know so he's figuring out like oh i think i have this relationship in this myth but really i'm this other yeah. thing yeah so yeah. that's like what happens in this movie and it is like <laughs> i think it's exactly what it sounds like as we're talking it, about it right like yeah. it's it's confusing and it's it's <laughs> very visually it's very dimly lit Mm, but that's it's that's like, a lot of his movies as well. I feel like yes, they're all kind of true. lit in the same way. They yes, all have that feel that makes, to them. Yes. Um, it, 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 other than it, maybe a lot uh, of it takes the last place at Bender. night. And and yes, um, yeah. And the happening, I feel like, is fairly bright through a lot of it. Yeah, like you see, that's I, true. Actually, yeah, yeah. You see a lot of like parks, but it is just people like <laughs> diving into lakes and not letting and drowning themselves <laughs> or whatever. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, so it is. It's just this like, I I did such a, I gave such a short synopsis of, <laughs> of like the overview of the plot because yeah. other than that, um, I don't know. Like, there's just so much <laughs> that happens, but it's all under that umbrella, and it's a lot of like establishing stuff just to mm. like fully erase it and find out it's false. Like two scenes later, yeah. There's yeah it's like it's just really um 
you know, I think there's kind of a, a, a fatigue that some people have with like the conventional modern like three act film structure mm. of like okay you know that the action rises like this and gets to you know comes to a head and then or, or, and then it kind of pivots and yeah. we start solving this problem and and uh then it, there's a climax and this movie there's some of that but it's just like all <laughs> over the place kind of back and forth like it seems like oh we figured it out no we haven't we figured it out yeah. no we haven't and it's not um it's not linear. It's not like a no. Lord of the Rings where like they keep facing <laughs> obstacles, but they no. keep solving the obstacles. This is like there's one obstacle and who they continue or Paul Giamatti's character uh, continues to fail to yeah. solve it in kind of the same way over and over. Yeah, it's very repetitive. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also filled with exposition throughout the movie. There's yeah, so much there's exposition. so much exposition. It opens with voiceover exposition over like a kind of slight animation that's yeah. supposed to like set the scene yeah there's yeah. so it's so much exposition there's so many scenes where it's just a person like explaining <laughs> this myth yeah um to to paul giamatti and 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 then him explaining it to other people and, and if everyone's always on board with the myth as well though nobody ever doubts it they're all just like yep yeah, okay yeah. i'm going I'm, I'm on board with this this makes sense to me uh yeah but the, but I'm I'm not so much against that purely because of the fact that at one point they say that um, all of these people are supposed to be drawn to her in some way. Um, yes. So I'm kind of okay to Bryce with Dallas that. Howard, Madam yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, at the same time, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, it's very ridiculous. <laughs> Which um, is, I think, kind of the best thing that this film has going is that it's so. <laughs> ridiculous Mm. you know like there's no um the like the weird surreal quality and just like the specificity of all these characters for better and worse (laughs) um is like what is the draw of this movie is just that it's so like you get all this whiplash of the action going kind of back and forth and like you learn something and then you unlearn it (laughs) and you're like well why did you tell me that like the storytelling (laughs) is is just like incoherent in a mm. way that is like kind of intentional in a way you know it's not yeah, like yeah. the movie it's you sometimes you watch a movie and you're like this is a big plot hole and in this movie it's not so much that there are plot holes so much as like there are it's like the the viewer is being intentionally yeah. misled mm. and and not in the way of like a a knives out even where there's like no. oh a red herring it's just like you're lied to or like <laughs> you're you're misinformed like the characters are and so yeah. you have no it's very disorienting <laughs> because you're like i don't know what needs to happen to solve these problems and yeah and you're kind of like in the hands of this protagonist uh cleveland heap i think is his name as Cle- cleveland heap name. yes and, and who's <laughs> a competent handyman but is like way in over his head solving this this ancient mythic mm. problem and <laughs> and even his abilities like are like they're the moment that sticks out to me as of like get out of here is he has to do something under the surface of the pool like he has to 
find oh, yeah. something in the film. Like, do you remember what it is? I forget. But he's he has he's to find the mud, water. her like her special mud. Yeah. Yes, and it, and it is like stuck in underneath the pool, and yeah. so he dives into the swimming pool in this apartment clothed. I don't remember. He, he goes in. Uh, he, he takes his shirt off. And then like got just it. dives it. So he's got his trousers and on still. Got his got his pants on fully. Yeah. And he's underwater for like several minutes. So long. It's so, so long. And, and then he like not... takes he gets a straw. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, he gets a yes. pen. He unscrews yes. it and, and uh he finds because he has a glass down there, he manages to like take some air underneath the glass and like suck the last yes. remaining bit of air from the glass. And that's yes. that manages to keep him for like another two minutes down there. Yeah, it's several <laughs> minutes long, this sequence where he's underwater. And I think that part of that is, like, this fairy tale state, right, of, like, mm. this can happen, be like, just like a beanstalk can grow a million yeah. feet high. Yeah. Um, but it's not really, like, spoken of as such, right? <laughs> or you don't get that kind of, like... Um, it's not treated as magic. No, it's just treated as a, a thing that happened in in this yeah. in in this movie. It's not like a, it's not even like a fantasy element to the movie. It's um yes. The the fantasy element is almost that this mud is healing. That's more what more so what it is that he's gone down to get this healing mud whereas yes. everything everything surrounding that is very normal. <laughs> yes. Um except for swimming with pants on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that is like so much of the movie is just kind of like weird, like <laughs> hearing this narrative yeah. and having it contradicted, and then these kind of feats of <laughs> extraordinary strength and endurance, um, and and like Bryce Dallas Howard shivering a lot, like in a bathtub. Um, she really doesn't just have like much to do with this movie. She no, has, like, not there, a lot. there. Are, <laughs> No, very little dialogue, right? Because she doesn't yeah. really speak for most of the movie. Mm. And she acts kind of like it's it's very silent a lot of the time and it's very much just her like yeah, under the shower, um yep. shivering, um whispering to him occasionally, wearing very little the entire time. Yes. Um it's it's truly fascinating. Like it's just not <laughs> like other movies that's what i i think that's the recommendation for it yeah is you're not yeah. gonna watch this movie and be like oh another one of these yeah you know it doesn't feel stale it doesn't feel um like cookie cutter you, yeah you watch it and you're like what decisions led to this i'm like uh but it, but in a way that i think is kind of exciting and and <laughs> And again, you're, it's not satisfying. Like, it's not a satisfying no. experience, but it is, like, a fascinating one. That's, that's yeah. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. It's, like, you, you want to continue watching it the entire time because you want, yeah. you kind of, you're, you're waiting on that payoff and it doesn't yes. really happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, there's a conclusion, certainly. Like, they, they, <laughs> but it doesn't, right, it's not like, aha, it was there under our noses all along. It was just like, oh, he finally found the thing yeah. that solves the problem and does it. And like, and it's, which is it's, kind of like what it feels more like life than a lot of movies. Yeah. Even though it's totally nonsense in terms of its plot. In that it's not like 
ah, the lesson someone tried to tell me at the beginning, I finally <laughs> learned at the end. It was like, no at lesson. the end, you're just like, I failed a lot and got really wet and like <laughs> met a bunch of people that I like don't know if I get along with or trust and they don't really like me. And, uh, and then finally I accomplished this one goal that was like not what I intended to do, but then I had to do it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the only one that kind of, the only character other than uh, Bryce Dallas Howard that gets the payoff is um, is M. Night Shyamalan because he gets his, like, yes. he gets to find out what's going to happen to him in the future. Um, yes. And he finds out about his sister as well. Um, but he right. finds out, like, how important he's going to be. Everyone else just kind yeah. of is there to assist her. And and even, like, they, they say at the start, like, oh, um, this... this uh, character is supposed to like come across and like and fix everything and then and then that will um lead to these things happening and but he fixes it and then nothing happens with him he just stands there at the end right. and like he kind of sees her fly off and that's it. yes so like you you're like oh uh so was that his whole purpose in life was to help her and her purpose was to help i don't know right there's she no, just kind yeah. of showed up like there's no real rhyme or reason to her showing up right like yeah she didn't teach him anything about himself no, she doesn't teach she him didn't anything. learn anything about no. the world other than how to save this person. and it wasn't like i it, it's and and like correct me if i'm wrong but i don't remember the kind of theme being like this guy is like he's supposed to be helping people because he's the superintendent, but he mm. really only cares about himself and he has to <laughs> no. learn to care about others. Like that's not, he's just like no, a regular all... guy. He's just a guy. People, people yeah. half the people like him, half the people are kind yeah. of like, don't indifferent care either way. Yeah. They, they're indifferent. Yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> yes. And so that, that's so fascinating. I keep using that word, but it's like <laughs> it so riveting to me <laughs> that there's no, um, like, it's not this kind of tra- like new traditional film structure of like, no, you know, this guy who's this superintendent and he has this challenge to overcome that's internal that mm. manifests as this external adventure he has to go on. And he's yeah. only able to solve this bigger problem because he um, changes or learns or adapts. Yeah. It's, it's not that. But it's he, not even like the myth the mythological version of it as well. There's not even that to it. I don't feel like. Right. There's not even like the, the original version, like of a story of storytelling where you don't even have that. So like both, yes. both versions are not there. Um, yes. So it's, it's just <laughs> like, a, it really truly feels like a serialized bedtime story in that, like <laughs> in the way that when you find out like Charles Dickens got paid by the word, you're like, I get it. That's why there's so many chapters. Like yeah. this feels like something like a story you would you would tell night after night mm-hmm. and then you would have to recap you know like <laughs> you would recap you would have to include all this internal re-exposition because it's like for children who might have forgotten or you're refreshing yourself or rebooting this <laughs> yeah. um the next night that makes so much and sense so, yeah <laughs> yeah it really feels it really feels like what it is and and that is like in itself like a fairly unique experience that you get to watch a big budget movie mm. that is like intricately uh set designed and it's like a true blockbuster scale 
yeah mo- uh, ambition movie th- yeah that is just like a guy's meandering <laughs> uh storytelling and yeah. meandering like fantasy and it's it's fascinating because <laughs> only i mean they they've talked about this movie and m night Shyamalan on the on the podcast blank check with griffin newman and david sims where they oh, go and through someone's yeah, yeah. filmography but like yeah. you know a, a director who gets these kind of blank checks to yeah. make their ambitious projects but it feels like there are so few occasions and people who could have even gotten the the like clout and had this kind of creative ambition to make this movie. Yeah. I think the closest, maybe maybe Guillermo del Toro would come close to this, but he would do Guillermo it. Guillermo del Toro? He'd, he'd tell it in a cohesive way. Like it would, it would have a storytelling structure to it and yes. it would make sense. Or, um, um, or even I, I could see like Quentin Tarantino doing a okay. version of something like this where he, but like he just, but like you're saying, Guillermo del Toro has much more of that flair for the like, mythological mm, mm. but i could but like tarantino to me has like the kind of sprawling storytelling <laughs> style yeah. where like just a lot of stuff happens just, yeah but, it, but again it makes more cohesive sense usually <laughs> but there's always a payoff with the with the tarantino ones as well at least yeah that that is yep. not in this um yeah <laughs> so let, let's talk about the let's go through the movie itself and see if we can kind of like uh because <laughs> I know it's very like like you said, there's a lot of things that happen in it. So I kind of want to like we'll breeze through it because it's not it's already Please. a long yeah. Um, so yeah, it opens with uh, a voiceover and it's like um, it's telling like a myth, some kind of myth mythological story and about a man and uh, about how man and those in the water were once linked and man doesn't listen to things. So um, they're separated. A man likes war. And so the people of the people of the water are kind of like stuck down, like stuck down there waiting and trying to help people. Yes. And everything. Um, so they come to the, they come to the earth every so often and save people. Supposedly they come in the dead of night. Um, yes. And many don't return, they say. But we don't know, like, what their kind of purpose is to save. Like, are they just saving random people? Are they like... Right? Is, are they are they saviors of humanity? Yeah. Why are they Why are they so inclined to save mankind? Yes. Um, there's no real indication of what 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 it is of what what their real purpose is. <laughs> um, but then yeah, so they. <laughs> uh, I wrote down like, why do they try and help man? What is their purpose? Like, why do they want to do this? Well, um, okay. So I'm I'm on the Wikipedia, and yeah. when uh two things one thing that i did not remember was that he became the superintendent of the apartment building cleveland heap after his mm. family was murdered um it's also, spoken about but name, it's like very glossed over yeah the <laughs> the name of bryce dallas howard appears in the pool mm. and he discovers her her mm. name is story which yes. i had forgotten and <laughs> her name is story her, she, she she is a narf this yeah. is from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and she's there. Her purpose specifically <laughs> is to find the writer who yeah. will write a book that will save humanity, and that is M. Night Shyamalan. He plays not <laughs> not only is it what how M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> apparently thinks about the endeavor of writing and his writing, but that is the character he plays in the uh, in the film. But it's also a book that's so powerful 
and so yeah, life people won't understand it and people time. won't understand it yeah people won't understand it in time and someone will kill him over it that's what yes. they said she says will, that someone will, will murder contain, you over this <laughs> it will contain story says that the book will contain views and ideas so significant they will inspire a future president a great midwestern orator to change the world for the better and then he then he deduces and and she says she confirms that he will be assassinated because of his ideas which will make them more powerful yeah wild like the the ego <laughs> to, to put that in there yeah i mean it's like i i love it like yeah man why wouldn't ya who why, would... why wouldn't he do this you know what but i mean the, the ego to write the, to write that in there and then to cast himself as that character to cast himself because it's one thing to have like a surrogate for yeah. the writer right like yeah. a, a character who serves to like put yeah. forth the writer's perspective even though it's not the perspective <laughs> of the other characters in in a movie but like it's another thing to then <laughs> cast yourself as that character making that character explicitly a writer um and then to have the writing be like this is so powerful people won't understand it and they will literally murder you for how powerful you are which will only make you more powerful <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible it's, it's incredible I, I i i'm wondering if he wrote this like off the back of like one of the first movies that came out he's like i am i'm a god now i can do anything yeah. i want <laughs> like people love my writing he did it this is like written after the village this is not like an old it was written, so it was so it did come after the village. It didn't come. It didn't. Come I believe so. That. Yeah. This like, was not like. Okay. This wasn't like a script. Yeah. This wasn't a script that he had. Um, waiting. <laughs> I think the writing of it was kind of like a long, arduous process, and <laughs> and it was writ- finished. Then like pitched. Uh, you delivered to the people who wanted to read it and pitched like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> so that's that's kind of the 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 def- the given um reason for all this happening yeah. that's why she appears yeah is, is to inspires to like change to alter mm. the course of this character the writer his um his life so that he yeah. writes this incredible thing that that he had been you know <laughs> struggling to complete this work mm. and, and he will do it because it will be so mm. important it's called um, the cookbook as the, well by the way the cookbook yeah <laughs> there's also um Sorry, there's also the, I'm trying to find, okay, here's some other characters. He needs, so the the kind of getting the band together element of this story is he has to find (laughs) a guardian, a symbolist, a Mm. guild, and a healer. Yeah. Um, Yes. Oh, and then Bob Balaban's character is like a cynical, unpleasant film critic. Yeah, he's the only unpleasant character in the movie. Um, and he's the, the only film one that, crit- right? Yeah, he's the film critic, so it's just very on the nose there of like, oh, um, yeah. the film critic is the evil one here, and uh, <laughs> and everyone hates him, and he's miserable of what. And he, he gives even, bad advice. Yeah, he gives bad advice, and he's the only one that actually dies in the movie at, at, at some point. He's yes. the only one that he, he gets attacked by the uh, the creature uh, later on in the movie, and the scrunt dies. Yeah, the scrunt, and he he gives this whole very long. Uh, description about how he's going to die 
um or, not, or what's supposed to happen he's like this is like the moment from a horror movie where uh, yeah the villainous character the the side character um sees the sees the villain and then runs away just in the nick of time and like closes the door and uh the villain and the villain just misses out on scratching and killing him so i'm going to turn around yep. right now and walk away and as he does it the the quick uh, the scrunt immediately kills him yep that's and great I, uh I wrote down, I hate this. I hate that dialogue so much. It's bad. It's, it's really bad. Really but bad. It's, it's not even fun bad. And it's not the um the 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 movie overall is not a self aware meta no, narrative. No. It's like a very um unself conscious, sincere mm. fairy tale. Mm. And uh and I think that this character is kind of like a weird deviation <laughs> from that, a tonal deviation where mm. it heaves very like postmodern cabin in the woods awareness of like mm. the kind of movie he's That's in. That's a good description. Yeah, yeah. And, and which is not the movie the other characters seem to be in. <laughs> but he's also, he can't, he, he's kind of there to serve the purpose of like... Um, bringing them all together because like or yes. at least you think he is because because he, did, he gives these character descriptions uh to paul giamatti of like oh this is how uh so if you were to look for this kind of person this is how you would look for th- for this one and then you yes. realize it's the guy with the crossword puzzle and then he realizes yep. it's, it's it's the uh it's the five women and like all of this are the guilt right the guild, so it's, yeah when he when he dies um the everybody kind of has this realization that like this order that Bob Balaban has imposed mm. on the the residents of right this person is the symbolist this person is the guardian these people are the <laughs> guild they uh, he dies and everyone is like oh this guy didn't know anything and they <laughs> immediately reorient the entire um the entire like calibration of yeah they're just like oh you're this guy you're this guy these women are are the guild and and so they just like flip it and it was all because of like and this was not again this was not like paul giamatti trusts too much cleveland heap trusts too much or Mm. he um you know etc this is just the character that is the film critic is (laughs) arrogant and wrong which is fascinating like he's using this big this movie had a budget of 70 million dollars and was used to like uh hype up his own work and um and and Settled petty grudges, and I admire and respect that. But he'd only had one movie reviewed badly at this point as well. One movie before this, and it only the village was as good as village. his other movies. Yeah. yeah, it's justifiably not as well reviewed, and yep. and he couldn't handle it so much that he put a film critic in this movie to to shit on them to say like they are yes. bad people, right? Misleading. Uh, to the point where in the movie it brought his own death on himself <laughs> just like really fascinating um so they they kind of reinterpret who is who in this group yeah. of people yeah. um the uh yes the um they yes yeah, so yeah they re- they reinterpret it and they um they so Jeffrey Wright, as, Jeffrey Wright, as Mr. Dury, just, he's yeah. like, my son is the symbolist and the guild 
are these these seven sisters who live here. Yeah. And the healer, like, Paul Giamatti thought that he was the guardian, but no, he's not the no, guardian. He's the healer. He's the healer. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and who's and the guardian? He, yes. It's, uh, oh, yeah, the guardian is Reggie, the guy with the one massive arm. With the one strong arm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and which you think yeah. is like, oh, that's that's what his whole guardian thing is. He's got the one arm. He's going to do something with it. Nope. But he just kind of menaces <laughs> yeah. the scrunt. Because the whole thing that you do with the scrunt is they say, all you got to do if you're the guardian is just stare at it and it, it gets hypnotized yep. by you and you can send yep. it away. <laughs> um, yes. And there's also like a whole thing with mirrors as well where you can like hold it up to the, the scrunt um, mm-hmm. and that should work. <laughs> and so he... So this is the conclusion. I'm going to read this verbatim. From yeah, Wikipedia. go for it. So this is the the conclusion is they need to scare off the scrunt <laughs> so that that um, story, the narf, can be brought home to, to this underwater realm where she lives. So this is these are the the last three sentences of the Wikipedia <laughs> entry. So Reggie, like you said, stares yeah. down the scrunt who is retreating. Um Sorry, this is four sentences. Yeah, he is ahead. distracted by the cry of the great Etlon, a giant eagle <laughs> who will ferry Story home. When Reggie breaks eye contact because he hears this eagle, the scrunt leaps, but the Tartoric, or excuse me, Tartudic arrive and drag mm. it away. And the Tartudic is like an invincible monkey uh, quartet, yeah, monkey group of peacekeepers <laughs> who protect the blue world, this underwater world. Mm. So the Tartudic arrive and drag the the scrunt away. Mm. Don't know why they couldn't have done it. No, at because first. they were always in the trees, supposedly. So why and, yeah. and that scrunt was always in the grass below them. So why couldn't they have done Heap that? Thank- <laughs> Heap thanks Story for saving his life, but because he has unloaded his grief upon her. So that's his personal journey, right? Is that uh, I he mean, has kind to of. unload <laughs> this grief? That's like the thing that that heals her. And, mm. But like I don't know, it's just it's pretty muddled. Like why that mm. is important to whom? Uh, the great Etlon lands, enfolds Story in one of its wings, and takes flight, ferrying Story into the night. So <laughs> they basically just have to create enough of a distraction and diversion that this giant eagle mm. could have just shown up, could could rescue this this. Uh, mm. uh, they do actually make clear why the eagle couldn't show up, and it's because oh right, sorry. Um, the eagle refuses to show up around like all the humans or something. So they are the only people that could be yeah. out there were the ones helping and assisting with it. Yes. So they, that's what they say. But it also could have been no one. Yeah. <laughs> could, yeah. If no yeah. one was there. <laughs> yeah, <known>. totally. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the conclusion. And I guess like the kind of journey that Paul Giamatti goes on is letting go of this grief that is <laughs> inside him. But like, it doesn't seem this, this like overwhelming sorrow doesn't really like you said it's kind of spoken of elliptically it doesn't seem to like dominate his day-to-day like it doesn't it doesn't he doesn't seem like a man whose big problem is that he's weighted down by this personal grief and unloading it and and also it doesn't feel like unloading that grief on a stranger (laughs) is like what would heal that stranger (laughs) absolutely i don't know i don't don't get it it's just so like she's like a magical vessel for his Mm. uh his healing um isn't that kind of just like a a summation of just like men and women as well just like men unloading their grief onto women yes (laughs) just that's it's it's like a very weird 
um, <laughs> choice because right because like he's he's supposed to be healing her but like really he's healing himself that's like yeah but there was no sense that he was like wounded because mm. she was the one who was like bodily wounded <laughs> yeah so it's just like it's just full i mean again i haven't seen this movie in a long time so maybe i'm not giving it as much credit as it deserves in a lot of <laughs> in any kind in some in some narrative senses but at the same time it, it did feel even when i saw it very surreal and kind of inexplicable mm. no i think you're totally right i i'd like in terms of narrative it it's all over the place and uh it's there's there's lots of just like individual things that happen with no payoff um yeah so even like the ending is just such little payoff that right even when you see even even the eagle that comes to get her you see it from under the water you don't see it properly so you're like barely seeing what's going on yeah and it's it's also like this whole group existed to facilitate these much more the emergence of these much more powerful creatures mm. that were just choosing not to emerge. <laughs> yeah. Like it's... I don't know. It just like none of it really works. <laughs> it's a movie that is so disjointed and so full of like its own little weird things <laughs> that like I don't know. It just is, like, endlessly compelling to me. <laughs> and, like, whenever somebody else has seen it, I always want to talk to them about it. Yeah. And because it, it, it also doesn't feel like a movie that has been done to death. Like, there, there are movies that, like, you've had all the conversations with everyone mm. you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like when you talk about The Room, which is a movie yeah. that is, like, a so bad it's good mm. movie you know what the narrative of that is. Yeah. It's like, there've been movies made about it. <laughs> um, you know, so it, that's like a specific kind of thing where it's like, you know, it's fun to know that like, mm. Oh, other people enjoy this kind of corny thing that I enjoy or whatever. But, but this movie, it doesn't feel like it do- everyone, you know, has seen it and has the same opinions about it. I I honestly don't know anyone Oh, like I don't know people that have seen it, so like when you suggested, it, yeah, I had it on my list, but like when you suggested it, I was like, oh yeah, definitely, let's do this. I, I'm really interested. I'm fascinated because yeah. I'd never seen it, and I, I yeah. saw it for the first was, time for this. Is is your experience having just seen it for the first time recently mm. similar to like what I have? Absolutely, said was my absolutely. Okay, great, great, great. It's like it's so all over the place. It's so, but it's fascinating. I was never bored watching it. I was constantly trying to work out what was going to happen and there's no, there's no payoff. And you can't guess. You can't guess. No, you cannot guess what's going on. The breadcrumbs, the like little trail of clues that is left for, you know, that, that supposedly makes sense for the characters Mm. are are like, there's no way you could guess like, oh, this is what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just, it's so bizarre. It's like, it's such a strange movie. And Yes, I really do think it's like, I don't know, this and the happening are the to me like the two most bizarre movies. I haven't even talked about the 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 bad CGI of the of the each of the creatures because they look terrible. Yeah. They do not look good. It's so rough. for you to say like seventy million, yeah, like was it mostly spent on the apart building that apartment complex? It must have been. What? Um. It doesn't make sense. Like, where 70 million yeah, went? Yeah, I don't know. 
Cause I, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I think this construction was so much of it. Yeah. But then, like, also, Doug Jones did the, um, like, the characters for, like, all the all the creatures I read. Oh, um, interesting. And he's good at what he does. Like, I, I, do, I, I don't know yeah. if you're aware of him. Yeah, he's, he's very good at what he does. I don't know much about him. So he, he does, like, a lot of the... Um, he does all the Guillermo del Toro ones. He does so like oh cool. So he does like the he did the characters in Pan's Labyrinth. He did the uh, one in um, uh, Shape of Water. He does a lot of very good characters, and, and so like to see him do these, it's very weird. <laughs> yes, very weird. Right, like it doesn't. But I don't. It seems almost like the the point. Either they just ran out of budget, which is why you don't see the eagle, or. <laughs> every the idea of it the conceit is they're supposed to kind of exist like because even the scrunt you kind of like for most of the time you see it exists only like in the periphery it's like rustling in the Mm. bushes and yeah um so like it's a it seems like it's almost intentional that it has this like obscure oblique quality yeah that like again doesn't really work (laughs) you want to eventually see it right yeah like when there's this moment of like these creatures are coming to the forefront. You like want that, like you said, payoff mm. of where the, they're the like focal points of this mythology or the significant yeah. characters. They are the ones who are physically affecting the change that everyone is working yeah. towards. And then you kind of see them in these like obscure, uh, like angles and through, <laughs> with weird lighting. And, and yeah. it, it's just like, that's all we get. <laughs> It's like if you know they they talk about how like long, how long it takes to show the shark in Jaws, right? Like yeah, oh, yeah. And you wait you wait for so long and it builds this tension. Mm. But like that's like if you <laughs> never saw the shark. This is like <laughs> that's completely it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> it's, it's no there's, again no payoff. There's there's no yes. payoff in this movie. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, you've you've talked about it a lot, but. Can you yeah. de, can you kind of speak about defending this movie then? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just well, I'll give a quick recap of like I think I've kind of meandered through this, but it is not like other movies. It is a singular specific like personal in a good way in terms of like mm. it's this kind of tender fairy tale telling that that is really important to the the writer and director as well as uh personal in a bad way that it like is <laughs> there are also parts where he's like explicitly settling petty scores <laughs> it's the the characters are all kind of fascinating the like i mean a lightly problematic old asian woman is the the character who yeah. like unschools yeah. the uh this this mythology generally like just like a very weird mm. um choice there to like make her like quote unquote like the like to, it's like very exoticizing it feels mm-hmm. like um but like guy with one really strong arm guy who's always doing crossword puzzles uh writer who believes he will be assassinated and is validated in hearing he'll be assassinated because of how powerful his writing is there's just like so much specific weird detail that like doesn't really come together but it's also <laughs> like if you want to watch a movie that's like what how it which i kind of do it's like not mm. i think there are a lot of like quote unquote better movies that are like um intense and grueling viewing experiences mm. that i'm not always in the mood for but mm. i'm almost always in the mood to watch a movie where i'm just like 
perplexed the whole time <laughs> and and then you re- you watch it and then you like read an interesting book about it it's like I, it, it's like a lot of enjoyment to be wrung from this thing that is like very imperfect and not in an ironic way in yeah. like a um a genuine a way that is genuine like inspires curiosity mm. and uh and and like really makes you aware that you're watching a movie <laughs> yeah amazing <laughs> that was great yeah um okay so let's move on to the uh the final segment which is um i don't know how how hard you're gonna find this one because you are notoriously like the nicest person on the internet Oh, okay. <laughs> um but do you have a movie that is um well loved that you think is a bad movie yeah I go to this well a lot, so I apologize <laughs> to anyone who's heard me talk about this before that's listening to this. But I, my go-to for this is The Social Network. Oh, interesting. I think, here's, I'll start here. I think it is a, uh, a well-acted movie. Mm. I think, like, Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Army Hammer, um... Bruni Meyer doesn't have a lot to do, uh, but like yeah. those three actors specifically, Justin Timberlake, very hateable as is the intent of the, <laughs> the, the, the you know yeah. the way the character is written. I think the pacing is really good. Like I think it like mm. it, it is all very like the the motivations and the logic and everything and like it, mm. it all like tracks you like watching. You're like I see why this is happening and like the, the story is unspooled very expertly. The soundtrack, um, Trent Reznor. And I forget the name of his collaborate collaborative partner. I can't remember. Like, the great, you know, great soundtrack. Mm. However, I do not care about it at all. Nothing <laughs> that happens in the movie. It, it, first of all, it's a story about Facebook that that obscures and avoids everything that's interesting about Facebook. Mm. Uh, the way it like changed how people communicate. And 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 granted, when when it came out ten years ago now, I guess, mm. or nine nine or ten years ago the the cultural resonance of facebook was very different yeah. but still it it was a story that was told so close to when it started that the perspective i find worthless uh, <laughs> like who's going to own facebook is like i don't care at all like no. which one of these harvard students is going to get super rich like who cares um i i just like there's no the stakes to me are so nil uh and knowing that mark 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 Wahlberg, i almost said knowing that mark zuckerberg comes out ahead when you go in there's no there's no um there's no intrigue. like twist yeah to, there's no intrigue because you know the ending even mm. if you don't know how you get there and how you get there in this particular story is not fascinating yeah um I think it's in many ways the opposite of Lady in the Water in that it's like an incredibly well-told story, a, a story with like, um, you know, with, with, that is like really expertly and impeccably made yeah. that I just like am not interested in for one minute. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know that's that's yeah that makes yeah. total sense yeah it really is, like like you said it really is the total opposite <laughs> like it has yeah it, it has no intrigue to it that uh because you know no intrigue you had you know everything going in so um right the- it's i i have this this problem generally um, with movies that are like come out either during the life or just after the a life that mm-hmm. has been like 
incredibly well chronicled yeah like I, I also felt like the same way about the steve jobs movies of like yeah i know enough about the the legend of steve jobs that i certainly don't need two movies about him within three years of his death <laughs> and this is this kind of has the same thing in that like this you know facebook was founded in 2003 and yeah the movie came out seven or maybe 2002 but like the movie came out within a decade it's and... not enough time yeah, and, it's just not, there's no, the perspective is so close to mm. what it's talking about. And so, like, by, you know, especially now, in oh, 2020. It would be, be fascinating now like, if they'd done it, made it now. Yeah. And gone A the movie about Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Yeah. And, like, that kind of starts with, the, where the whole plot of the social network is, like, the first 15 minutes. Mm. Uh, you know, there's, like, act one is all this, this uh, turbulence surrounding what Facebook was and then we see like what it has become Mm. and and like the the way it exists in the culture now and and because like you're talking about this uh media force that has like changed the way people consume and talk about politics news Mm. and there's just like not a breath of that in this (laughs) movie about about you know what i mean yeah completely yeah i yeah i I would be fascinated to see kind of just a whole social media, uh, like just just de- a movie detailing the whole, like all of these kind of social media networks now, considering everything going on. I think it would be very much more interesting to see all of them together and, and see what kind of comes of it because they're all kind of linked in some way, um, yeah. and they're all doing bad things. So, <laughs> uh, I I kind of want to see that. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, like you're saying, I think there's then, a new documentary, uh, right? Yeah. Is there? It just like, doesn't feel, I think so. Let me see what it's called. I know a bunch of people that have just seen it. Uh, it's the social dilemma. It just came oh, out. Oh, that one. Yeah. I didn't realize it was mm-hmm. like specifically yeah. about all of those. I, th- I thought it was just like, yeah, yeah, it's about like social media and like how it affects and, and how the it's, I think there's a lot of footage of people like interview footage of people who like worked on things like Facebook and, and Instagram oh. and Twitter and like the early stages. Oh, right. I thought and, like, it was more to do with like how it affects um, its, its users. That's why. Yeah. Oh, I think that. Yes. I'm sorry. I think that is true. I think that is like the the thrust of it. But I think you get it from but the yeah. perspective of uh, people who interesting. Like, had, wor- had worked there. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll, I might check that out then. Yeah. Cool. OK. Well, this has been great. Uh, do you, how can yeah, we. Yeah. Um, really fun time. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, do you have anything you'd like to plug at the moment? Uh, how can we find sure. you? Sure. Um, I have a podcast called Make My Day. It mm. is a, a comedy game show that is where there's only one contestant each week. So, you know, going in, the contestant always wins. It's very low stress, <laughs> very fun, silly game show experience. Mm. And uh, it comes out every Tuesday. It's a very fun and podcast. Thank you. And uh, Jesus and Marrow on Showtime, where, mm. I, where I work uh, full time. Uh, you know, it's not, I'm not just a fan. I also <laughs> work there. Um and then let me think. I have a book called Nice Try Stories of Best Intentions and Mixed Results. Mm. I recommend all of that. Yeah, big fan. Thank you. <laughs> um, Thank you. I also to say, like, if you're in the UK and you want to see Jesus and Miro, um, YouTube. That's the uh, that's the way we have to watch uh, clips. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Right, unfortunately, right. but yeah, still definitely check cool. it out. Thank and, you. And check it all there. Thanks so much for doing this, Josh. A pleasure. Um, have a great one. Thank you for having me. That's the end of the podcast. You can find me on Twitter with the username at YCove or at Yanis Cove on Instagram. 
Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes if you enjoyed this so I can end up making more. And I'll see you next week for more movies that critics got wrong. 